0: on Local Now Channel 525. Contrary to instant gratification, our lives as Christians is that of a process, as we'll see today. Join us. Sadly, patience is not a part of our vocabulary these days. We are a Big Mac world. We want everything, and we want it right now, and we don't want to wait. But you see, as believers in Christ, there is what we call the power of the process. We're in Luke chapter 14 today, and that's where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. It's the power of the process, allowing God to process our lives and taking our whole lives to do it. For the details now, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast.
1: I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 14. And uh, this this, this word, process, has just been ringing in my spirit all week, really, and uh, and I want to talk to you about this this morning. The title of my message is "The Power, the Power of Process, the Power of Process." You know, oftentimes when it comes to our lives, and I, I had this thought this week. Um, we have to learn to commit to the process and not just the goal. Mm. Oftentimes people they're committed to the goal. I want to get this. I want to do this and they and they're committed to the goal but they're not committed to the process to obtaining the goal. And when we're walking with God, we're going to see this here in the scriptures. We have to understand that God is a God of process. He he even when he created the world and all that is in it, there was a process. There were steps that were taken. And I think progressively we have to get this in our minds that I'm walking with God. And it's not just going to be I'm here and then I'm there. There's a process that God's going to take me through. And, and, that, and, and it's not just, it is a God thing obviously, but just in the natural. No one just wakes up one day and uh, in in middle school, and they're ready for college the next day. There's a process. Life is full of, of processes, and we have to learn to embrace them. And I want to say this again. We must not just commit to the goal. We have to learn to commit to the process. Having a strong marriage is a what? Process. You don't just get married and then everything's perfect there's a process to making things perfect and to making things right and for us we want to embrace this uh you just don't wake up one day and then you know exactly how to raise kids can i have an amen Amen. it's a process you learn and and sometimes there's trial and error (laughs) but we have to realize that god is a god a process and There's power in the process. The word process here is a particular method of doing something. Generally involving a number of steps or operations. It is a particular method of doing something. There's a method to how God operates and functions and works in our lives. Generally involving a number of steps. There's steps. God didn't just take the children of Israel from Egypt and then immediately they were in the promised land. There was a series of steps that he took them through to get them to the promised land. So that, and this is the key that we have to consider when we're thinking about process, so that where God is taking you or what God is going to do for you, you're able and ready to handle it what God is going to do or where God is taking you, you you have to understand that he's preparing us for where we're going or what he wants us to experience. And if we're not watchful, we can focus on the goal and be committed to the goal, but lose sight of being committed to the process. The wilderness was a process. And some people were committed to the process. But then some of them died in the wilderness. Because they didn't stay committed to the process. They didn't realize that God was preparing them for what he was getting ready to give them. And where he was taking them. And it's the same thing for us. We have to embrace the process and realize there's power in it. A particular method of doing something generally involving steps or operations. God is a God of process. I want to look at Luke chapter 14 because Luke chapter 14 is a great passage of scripture that is going to help us to understand a few things concerning, uh, concerning process. It says here in verse 25, Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it says now, now great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, now I want to just stop here. Just picture this. It says great multitudes All kinds of people were following him at this time. And most people would have stopped and said, yes, I'm going to start my mega church. I got all the people. I'm ready. And Jesus, in the midst of all this, he stops and he says in verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters yes, even his, yes, uh, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first, somebody say first. first. He says first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it all who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first somebody say first he says and consider whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him who comes against him with twenty thousand or else while the other is still a great Way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So, likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. This is amazing. I love this because Jesus was not just impressed with the crowd; he was impressed with the condition of the people who were following him. He didn't just stop, and he he started to put things in the right perspective. And he clearly demonstrates here that he has things in the right perspective when it comes to the masses that were following him. And he says this in verse 26, he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What is Jesus doing here? He's he's calling for prioritization. He's not literally saying that we need to do that to hate our mother and hate our father and brother. What he's doing is, is he's bringing a clarity in a realignment in priority. And there are some cases where, where there, if, if, if somebody, if your relationship with someone, whoever it is, this relationship is trying to create a chasm between you and God you have to make the right decision, and that is choose God. Amen? Yeah. And so what he's doing is he's bringing forth priority, whether it's mother, his father, it's, it's, it's husband, it's wife. The priority is always God first, because at the end of the day, you're going to have to stand before God, not your friends and family members. Amen? Yeah. And so for all of us, we have to learn to reprioritize. And I think this is the first point when it comes to the process, when it comes to the process that God has given for, given to you to obtain whatever it is that he wants you to obtain or wherever he wants you to go, um, we have to first make sure that we prioritize God. Because there's going to be trials. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be times when our feelings uh, you know, are out of whack and when we feel discouraged or we feel or somebody's pulling us to go in a direction that's contrary to the will of God. We have to make sure that our priorities are in alignment with God and he comes first. Jesus is telling them he has to come first. He says, you can't be my disciple if you put this person in front of me. If you put that person in front of me, and I've been pastoring this church for a long time now, and it always amazes me how the devil uses people to draw people away from God's purpose. The devil always use, if he wants to get in your life, if he wants to, he'll bring somebody to try to woo you away from God's purpose. Ungodly connections, ungodly allegiances. People choose their family and friends over God. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to walk with Jesus. And all of us have to make sure that he has the preeminence in our lives. And we are focused on that. This is why Jesus is, he's, he's bringing this home to where people are actually at. You have to choose me. You have to make sure that Jesus is first. He says he can't be my disciple if he's not first. Amen. He says in verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. I think these next two verses, I love them because they deal with the cost of discipleship or the process, the cost of the process. For all of us, we got to make sure our priorities are right as we're going through the process and as we're embracing process. But We also have to make sure that we understand the cost of the process. It's, it's important for us to realize that there's going to be, sometimes, a, a pain associated with the process, and that's okay. He says, you've got to deny yourself. He says, we've got to take up our cross. Or else we can't follow him. Or else we can't be his disciple. That's the part of the process. Is learning how to take up my cross. To deny myself. And really consider the cost. If I'm going to walk with Jesus. There's no way we can effectively walk with Jesus if we're selfish. It does not survive. We have to learn to become Selfless. That I'm willing to give of my life to Jesus, to lay down my life for Jesus, to give of myself to Jesus and to his purposes. This is part of the cross, part of the the, the cost, and it is a part of the process. There's a dying out process associated with walking with Jesus. He says, you got to take off the cross. The cross hurts. The cross isn't always fun. I don't always shout when God tells me No. But we learn that this is a part of it. We deny ourselves. And when he's saying self, he's, he's really highlighting the old you. To deny the old you. To deny the old Napoleon Kaufman. Don't feed him. Stop feeding him. Amen. The old Napoleon's got to die so the new Napoleon can emerge. And this is what happens with all of us. We have to learn that there's a cost associated with following Jesus, walking with Jesus, and this is a part of the process. And saints, we have to be willing to embrace that. God, you're first. Number two, I've counted the cost. There's some things you're gonna have, you're gonna ask me to give up. There's some things about me that you love, Lord. There's some things about me that you do not like. And you're gonna help me to crucify that aspect of my life that you do not like. Praise the Lord. Amen. And for us, this is a part of what we have to embrace and there's power in that what a lot of people do not realize that there's life in death there's life in death life springs forth from from you dying to self when you give of yourself something comes out of you lest a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die it abides alone but if it dies it brings forth much fruit What happens is when we're willing to lay our lives down, something springs up and God starts to forge something in us that is powerful. I have to understand that he's the priority. I have to understand the cost associated with walking with Jesus. One of the things in this church and you you that have been here for a while, you know, I don't sugarcoat the, the tough times that are associated with walking with Jesus. I don't want you to be surprised by things. I want you to be resilient faithful to to walk with jesus no matter what comes your way because there's a process that you're going through in which god is perfecting you and bringing you to a certain place and there's a death associated with us you got to count that cost he says here in verse 28 for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first count the cost Whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider the cost. Here it is again. I have to sit down and think about this. If I'm going to walk with Jesus, I know Jesus is going to receive me in. And he is going to accept me the way I am, but he's not going to leave me the way I am. And so when I come to Christ, there's going to be some things that God's going to try to get out of my life and wants to get out of my life. And I have to be willing to embrace that. That's part of the cost. I got to be willing to embrace this aspect of me walking with Jesus. Man, I can't keep on doing this. I can't, I can't be messing around in the streets anymore. I want to get right with Jesus. And, and there are... And, you know, I was studying something this week, saints, and, I, man, it just really grieved me kind of bad. And I want to just stop just for a minute and share this. You know, now, what's happening now in the body of Christ, and it's, it's really amazing to me because it's really a sign that people just aren't reading their Bibles. And I'm talking about sometimes even from the pulpit. I mean, we just have to be we got to be sensitive. we got to do a better job. Saints, in this Bible, in the New Testament, God has commands. He has commands. Everybody wants to remove the rules so they don't feel guilty about living contrary to the rules. So if I don't want to feel bad, I just remove the rules. But even if you white out your Bible, <laughs> it's still written in heaven. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and it's amazing to me because I'm saying, did I just hear that man say that, that there is no Hebrew word for commandment? You done fell down and bunk your head. What what I'm saying is, is that saints, the beautiful thing about God is if he tells you not to do something, he empowers you not to do it and to get to the standard that he's established, whether that's in, in any area of your life. So when I look at when God says don't do something, I say, okay, praise God. Now, help me not to do it. Give me the power that I need to do what you're asking me to do, and I'll do it, Lord. I yield myself to you. I don't say, well, those people over there are being religious, and they're being condemning, and and that and there are too many rules, and, and this. Well, yes, there's rules in here. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Flee fornication is a rule. These things are there in the Bible, saints, because God is trying to help us to become more and more like him and to stop violating other people. We need to embrace this and and thank God that he's he's got some boundaries on our lives to help us to do what's right. And this is a part of the death process. It's a part of us saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. I embrace this, and I'm thankful, God, that you're, you're cleaning me up. You didn't just bring me in the house and leave me dirty. You brought me in the house, and you're cleaning me up now. Glory be to God. How many grateful for that? Amen. This is part of the process. But we have to sit down and count this as we're coming to Jesus, that this is what he's looking for us to do. And we want to let him finish. He says in verse 32, Or else while the other's still a great way off, He sends the delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. This is a part of the process. Prioritize and count the cost. Amen. Romans chapter 4. Let's go to Romans chapter 4 because here's another area of revelation that's going to help us to see that walking with God is a process. And there's a process To obtaining the goals that God has set for us and even goals that we just naturally have there's always a process but we got to prioritize God and we have to make sure that we have truly counted the cost now we're gonna take a look at in two passages of Scripture at the life of Abraham because here is a man who also God made promises to created within his mind a goal but then there was a process to obtaining that goal. It says in verse 13, Proverbs, I mean Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4 verse 13. It says, for the promise that he, Abraham, would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, Faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law of Moses. But also to those who are of faith of Abraham. Who is there of us all. I want to stop right here. The thing that is beautiful, the scripture says that the law, the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. God took the law and he gave it to Moses. He gave him the ceremonial law. He gave him the civil law. He gave him the moral law. And within those, within those laws, there were certain requirements and rules and things. And, and, and the people of God had an obligation in their own strength To live up to the standard that God was set. Now, the thing that's beautiful is this. When Christ came, Christ came and he did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law in bodily form. And so when it comes to the moral aspects of the law, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt have no other God before me. These are the, the, the commands that God is still looking for his people To live up to from a moral standpoint. And now because we're not under law but under grace. He empowers us through his grace to meet those standards. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his son Jesus Christ. To empower us to live up to the standard that he has established. From a ceremonial standpoint. Those things were abolished. And the Bible says that they were abolished. But from a moral standpoint, Jesus reiterated these same laws and in some cases took it to a whole nother level.
0: And you're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening, and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. Or write to us, times of refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. Livermore, California, the zip code is 94551. And obviously, you're welcome to join us on our website, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net, and you can email us from that website as well. Now, as you visit our website, we do have other resource materials available. Our online store, past sermons are available, as well as a COVID-19 update. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, at least until May 1st, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, again, thewellchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord, just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful during this challenging time with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.